Hey, it's Rochelle and Carter with the Anything But Quiet Time podcast. Hello. And it's good to be here with you during a time where nobody's really doing a whole lot of anything. Yeah. I mean, you got you got time. We should just do like six podcasts a day is probably now, what we should do. I say that. My husband sent me a picture of himself dressed up in all of the stuff that he has to wear as a registered nurse in the hospital. Uh-huh. I'm sure he loves that kind of commentary. Yeah. Like, we have nothing to do. Well, I'm just saving lives here. That's yeah. all I'm doing. No big deal. Thanks, honey. Appreciate that. <laughs> no, that's just been... You know what, what, really, what really grinds my gears? You know what really grinds my gears, Rochelle? Uh, that saying will if you say it again. Well, it grinds my gears okay. is, is this. Well, who made Teacher Appreciation Week, Nurses Week, Correctional Officers Week? I think there's one more. All on Are the same serious? week. I knew about the nurses' appreciation because, well, I'm married to a nurse. Uh-huh. I knew about teachers' appreciation because Caleb had his final school assignment this this week. But I did not know about correctional officers, and that's amazing. My goodness. That's amazing. Can we spread those weeks out, though? No, that's true. Yeah, no kidding. I mean, we have like National Milk Day and Ice Cream Cone Day it's and almost Taco like the Pirate Day. It's Christmas season in May because you have to buy gift cards. You know, you want right. to love on people and get them gift cards. That's exactly right. Oh I should have set more money aside before this oh, week. Man. Hey, I want to make sure if you found out about this uh, podcast some other way than Hope on Demand, we want to make sure that right now is a time where hope is needed. And so HopeOnDemand.com has a lot of great resources. I and mean, that's where our podcast like lives, if you will, mm-hmm. along with a couple of other great podcasts some videos from some great Christian artists. So just hopeondemand.com. It's as easy as that. And as a shout out, uh, Josh Wilson was one of our more recent concert series. We're doing this living room session, this concert series. And uh, one of my husband's co-workers, sweet, incredible nurse. Uh, You know, I know they're putting in just crazy hours right now. So many people, staffs at hospitals, not just not just nurses and doctors, but, you know, there's MRI technicians and all the, these people that we don't know about because we're the layperson. Right, 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 right. But she reached out to me and she was like, listen, I really enjoyed that concert. And I thought, you know, I, I'm so glad it's a breath of fresh air. So if you didn't catch it the night of, you can certainly catch it again yeah. right here on this website. So, um, so and I, I want to say that when we talk about, you hear anybody, you know, on a podcast or the radio, you know, talk about thank you nurses and doctors. And if yeah. you're in the medical field and you're like, well, what about CNAs? Well, what about radiologists? Yeah. We're, we're the, you said it best to the, the layperson. We we got no idea. I, yeah, I, no. I walk into an urgent care. I'm like, thank you, everybody. I yeah. don't know what everybody does, but I I thank you. <laughs> it's like handing a piece of technical equipment to my parents. They don't know, <laughs> we just and don't we don't know. know about this. So feel included. <laughs> Anytime you hear something like that, feel included. That's if, right. you're, if you're in the medical field. And so. I love you, mom and dad. If you're listening to this, uh, they would be the first to admit. Like I don't know. I, my husband was on the phone with them for like an hour, trying to help them with a Zoom session. Yeah. Yeah, And that's okay. Listen, I can only imagine, Carter, when Ezra is finally here and our kids, you know, down the road, what the technology is going to be like. We've had this conversation. I mean, maybe Disney World can imagine because of Imagineering Studios, but uh-huh. I have no idea what is coming. And we'll be the laughing stock. That's what's going to yeah. happen. Oh, we will be. Everybody, it, the the uh, it's a it's a vicious cycle, as they say. Um, <laughs> I honestly, too, my mom, she calls me for tech help, and it can be so aggravating when you don't know how to help. Because I think if I was there, I could help a lot better. Oh, sure. Um, you know, but she lives a state away, and she and, has to describe this stuff. And she has to describe this stuff. And what I will say is. 
we when they were looking for a new TV, we highly recommended that they get our TV. Yeah. So now it's super easy. I'll just look at my TV and I'm like, all right, you go here and then you go here. So if you ever need some help, that's smart. What, what I would do is get your parents the exact same thing you have so that you could just walk them step by step. My favorite thing is because maybe they haven't talked to you in a couple of days or whatever, and they'll fill you in on details while asking for help. And it has nothing to do with what you're doing. <laughs> or they'll share details <laughs> details about something you think this might be important later. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. I know you can relate to that, too. It's just yeah. this might be important later, so I'm going to keep this as in, in the catalog of my brain so that I can reference it later. And then you realize that, yeah. you know, well, cousin to, so-and-so wearing weird socks had nothing to do with whether or not well, like an, exactly. like HDMI an, 1 is HDMI 2. Like an example, <laughs> I, I turned it on, it was on channel 3, and I remember because of the weather guy on there. And then yada, 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 so I'm having trouble with the volume. I'm like, okay, well, is channel 3 louder than the others? No, no. What, but, what does channel 3 have to do with anything? Nothing. Okay, okay. But the, the guy's right. tie was horrendous. Well, what does that... <laughs> Oh, that's awesome. Um, I want to tell you a story that I uh, I recently remembered. Something that happened to me a couple years ago. Mm -hmm. uh, it was a lazy Saturday morning, and I was going to do some, speaking of helping and tech stuff, I was going to do some projects around the house. Okay. And um, I, I don't even know if I had showered the day before this. Um, I, it was rank. Um, <laughs> I did. I definitely didn't shower this day. like Jimmy Fallon. Yeah. <laughs> it's just gross. Yeah. Um, so I throw on a hoodie. I'm scraggly. I haven't shaved. I mean, okay. I'm just look. I I'm throwing shorts that don't match. No, maybe what it was. I was wearing like a red hoodie and red shorts. Like just just looking yeah. terrible. You know. It's a good thing you're already married and you catch a reflection and you think I probably should call Kelsey and tell her I love her. That's exactly right. You're just thankful. Like you don't. There's no pressure anymore. Once <laughs> married guys are married, there's just no pressure anymore to look good. And so uh, you know, I get my Chick Fil A breakfast or whatever I do. And I go to Home Depot. I'm walking around. And I think because of what was going on at the news at the time, it hits me. I'm not being followed by store employees. I'm not being eyed like I'm going to steal something. Yeah. I'm not being asked um, in a passive aggressive way. Can I help you? Because my presentation was not good that particular day. And it hit me because I think everything was going on with the, the police and the African-American community at the time, mm -hmm. at least in that moment, for sure. I didn't have to worry about how I presented myself. That was a luxury that that I had in that moment. Because you're white. Yes. Mm -hmm. Frankly, yes. And I think about Ahmaud Arb Arbery, uh, this man that you may have heard of in Georgia. And I, don't, I think he was looking just fine. I, I'm not trying to compare uh, appearance or anything. But just the fact that he got up, he was going to go for a jog and didn't think anything about it, as, as any of us have done. And... He was murdered. They thought he had done a crime. He fit the description of somebody, yada, yada. Just some random guys, right? You're saying they thought. A father and son, and it was just random guys that they were in the neighborhood, neighborhood watch type of thing, I guess. Okay. And they took the law into their own hands. And um, it was there was a struggle, and they shot him. I mean, it was horrendous. I don't know horrendous. all the details, but I think you shared that uh, one of them was formerly a police officer. Yes. Yes, he was. And then for the reasons, because of the, in the midst of COVID-19, there was some reasoning as to why they, they couldn't arrest them right away. Well, so I think what the issue was with the grand jury, why they couldn't get a grand jury together was because of COVID. But the the big issue and the I think the, the reason that it's a national story is because in the meantime, we understand COVID, but in the meantime, why weren't those guys in jail awaiting to see a grand jury? They, those guys were free to walk 
around. And that's what pe had people so upset. And, and the video, I mean, I don't, I, I don't recommend it, but I do if you want to see what's what can happen in this world. I mean, just viewer discretion, I guess, is what I'll say. It's it's awful. Yeah, I was talking to a friend of mine who's who's on staff here and she's an African-American woman. And I said, you know, could this happen to me? Well, sure. Anything could happen because people are crazy. Is it likely to happen to me? No, it's not. And it is way more likely for somebody that is black for that to happen to in today's society. Yeah, I think of what we what what she mentioned is um, the Micah six eight verse for all of us in Christ do justice love kindness and walk humbly with our God, mm -hmm. and that is to whatever that looks like. And I I I always don't know what to say about these things because what is my voice going to make a difference? But I definitely want to look at my actions, my snide comments, the way I see people, even those thoughts that may rush into your head and go. Is this Christ honoring? I want to love the people around me and seek justice for those around me. That's how I want to live my life. There was a movie that came out a few years ago, and it's not necessarily worth mentioning the name of it or anything, but uh, people after seeing the film were very upset because they felt that it was unkind or insensitive to people with food allergies. That one of the, the funnier parts of the film was... Um, food that this gentleman was allergic to was used against him in a way that he had this allergic reaction. Well, parents walked out of this family-friendly film and they were very upset. And I remember my reaction was kind of rolling my eyes to their reaction. I'm like, come on, it's a movie. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I think in part, I'm still a little bit you know, leery to go out on a limb and say they were absolutely right in the fury. However, I don't have a child that has a peanut allergy where it could be a fatal thing. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm not walking in their shoes and I don't know. And with any kind of thing where you see passion and outrage in people and you cannot relate to it, you will immediately have your own reaction, especially if it touches a nerve in your world. And you'll react whether, oh, that's ridiculous. Why would they act like that? Well, of course they didn't mean to. Well, this, that, and the other thing. But unless we have been in some way a part of that same scenario, we know the people were close to the situation. Uh, we really don't have the right to speak into it, mm -hmm. you know? And when I say we don't have a right to speak into it, I mean, of course, you have a right to think your own thoughts. Mm -hmm. Don't get me wrong. I'm just saying, like, if we were sitting across the table from a family who has dealt with this their entire lives and they're they're crying because this has really been a painful thing, I need to be sensitive in that moment and say, maybe there's something here I don't understand. Yeah, yeah. And I need to let them have this moment and maybe, Holy Spirit, would you teach me to listen so that I can in some way sympathize and be the heart of Jesus right now for them? Um, I remember a teacher when I was in high school, was a junior, and my English teacher, Mrs. Pope, had the reputation from all the white students as being racist. Now she was African-American and I thought, which she's racist against her white students. So I had her. I will tell you, she was an unusual type person. Mm -hmm. I don't think she was racist. I think she was excited and passionate about teaching African-American culture in the midst of our English class. And we learned about black history. I'd never learned about black history until Mrs. Pope's class. Yeah. There were sometimes I sat back and thought, that can't be real. They came up with devil's food cake because it was chocolate and angel's food cake it was white the name dot 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 that doesn't make sense then i started seeing all of the things brought up in culture throughout the decades i'm like well maybe 
maybe that is ringing true. Maybe this, there's something here I don't understand because I grew up in a white family. It wasn't because I didn't care mm-hmm. and didn't have love for my black friends. I just didn't know because I hadn't grown up in that home, you know? Yeah. I think it's really important for me to remain open that I don't have eyes in every person's home in every person's situation, their story may be completely different because of their culture. My husband is Mexican. It wasn't until walking around with my father-in-law one day in Walmart that I experienced racism for the first time. Mm. And that was weird to me. I thought, what what is happening? But then Carter, when I go back, and even in the midst of COVID right now, we're watching older movies, I go back to any of those films that I loved as a child. Most every person on that screen represents the way I looked but not the way my husband looked, Mm -hmm. not the way my dear friends who are black looked, you know, because it was mostly, uh, it was a white person's world, you know? So if I I can't shoo these things under the rug, if it's disconcerting or if it's not the way I feel, I don't feel that way. So why is it that others feel that? Maybe that's not a thing. I have to recognize that if you can walk into a Home Depot looking scruffy and nobody sees you as a threat, but my other friend who decided, you know what, in the midst of not having a barbershop to go to has gone around looking a little scruffy. People are going to look at him sideways because mm-hmm. his skin is dark. Right, you know? right. It, it is the unfortunate reality of the world that we live in. There is cultural and con- There is cultural context to the way we live today that does unfortunately, it's inherited from the past. Whether you or I presently feel this way, it's something that... It's something that was sown a long time ago. And unfortunately, you, you know, it's true what the scripture says. We reap what we sow, uh, even if we're not the ones who sowed it. Hmm. I I think uh, with what you said about, you know, just because I don't feel this way doesn't mean it's not there. Yeah. I think I think especially with my, just speaking for my generation of, uh, you know, born, you know, late 80s, early 90s. Um, it was I was in a small town, but. No, I guess you couldn't really call it diverse, but but definitely there were uh, people of all races in our class. I mean, there were Asian students and Hispanic students and black students. Mm-hmm. And um, I kind of just, as we learned about um, Martin Luther King Jr. and and different things, I, I just kind of remember going, yeah, we're we're over that. You know, yeah. I don't know about older people, but I see me hanging out. I mean, my best friend was named Lamar in, in uh, first grade. Lamar Elston was such a good dude. And I'm like, I... I I don't care about people's skin color. So this generation is going to like all those right. people are going to die off. And then, I don't feel that way. Therefore, nobody else does. Yeah, exactly. So, kind of where we well, are. If, yeah. if you do, then you'll be dead by the time we're running the world. <laughs> and, uh, and then boom, it's going to be over. And it's just not like that. In fact, I, I heard a great story of Chris. Um, he said that it was about Mother's Day stuff. And he said that his mom set such an example. She actually let a homeless person live with them. Mm-hmm. And she set this example of loving homeless people and asking, you know, how they are and calling them by name. And so he said, now it was the subject was like, what do you take after after your mom? How are you just like your mom? You realize you look in the mirror and you're like, oh, my gosh, I do the thing that my mom does. And some of them were funny. But Chris said, I'm so kind to homeless people. And it comes naturally. You know, I will stop and I'll, I'll shake their hand or I'll uh, just give them food or whatever. Because he was conditioned to do that. Exactly. And so I think that's why it's so important. And I think I think a difference is being made slowly. But I think especially when it comes to raising children of we love everybody and we seek justice and we don't have special treatment. I mean, the Bible talks about that even even with social social economic status of don't favor the rich man. No, no. You be kind to the poor. Be kind to everybody. There, There should be no favorite circumstances. No, we don't have to be able 
to empathize, to be able to hurt for somebody going through something. Mm -hmm. That's really good. And I, I want to clarify because I wasn't sure if that made sense what I said. We reap what we sow, even if we're not the ones who sowed it. Mm -hmm. I mean to say that the roots of our country, um, much of it was founded on the slave, uh, the backs of the slaves. Yeah, yeah. And the conditioning from one generation to the next, even though it may have been more and more sensitive over time, there is still a stigma and it's unfortunate, but we have to recognize it and it's ugly and it's uncomfortable for those of us who are ready to move forward in Christ's love. You know, I want to make Martin Luther King Jr.'s dream about I have a dream. I want that to be today, you yeah, know? Yeah. But clearly there's still there's still problems here and there. And I am guaranteed, unfortunately, through God's word, there always will be problems. Yeah. There will be tribulation. We'll never arrive to that quote place. I, I really think until we are in the presence of the perfect one, because he perfects things. And if we all got there, if suddenly tomorrow the entire world was saved, man, what a place this would be. Um, but that's not what the Bible says is going to happen. It's not going to happen that way. So uh, until then, what do I do? I don't throw in the towel. I don't give up. But I calm myself. And in those moments where I feel accusations thrown from one side of the, quote, case to the other, and um, I feel my anger rise in regards to whatever it may be. Because there are people on the other side of this that are like, listen, I'm married to a white police officer. And I know that person's heart. And I know they're awesome. And I know they would give their life just like that for anybody. Yeah. And yeah. I don't understand why all this hatred is coming towards my family member. It's one of those things where it's like, okay, if we could all just quiet ourselves and humble ourselves. And I want to look at my life as I am a Christ follower first. This is something that I have to say over everything in my life, not just this particular issue. I mean, just everything, right? Somebody cuts you off in line. This is so less <laughs> than right. what we're talking about. Right. But somebody cuts you off in line. What is my duty as a follower of Christ in this moment? Well, I don't want to be a person that gets walked all over. Where does the Bible tell me? Where does it tell me that I don't have to be that person? Mm -hmm. Because my Savior was ripped to shreds and put on a cross. And he says, pick up your cross and follow after me. That does not imply it will be easy. And it's hard to humble myself in that way. I am the worst reactor. Oh my word. Defense should have been my middle name because that's where I go. I get defensive <laughs> about stuff. But this morning I was reading about Timothy who was a pastor and he was apparently dealing with some stuff in his church and he shared it with Paul who was a mentor of his, and he was like, I am dealing here. This was the largest church. It was in Ephesus. The Mary, the mother of Jesus, went to this church, okay? And Timothy reaches out to Paul, and in his second letter to Timothy, Paul tells him, the servant of the Lord must not get caught up in a war of words, wrangling, wrestling, bickering, squabbling, arguing, all that stuff that we do, the verbal slugging it out that we have with our contenders. Instead, we are to be calm, we're to be steady, we're to be temperate, kind, gentle. What are ways that get me there? Being sensitive to people. That helps me go there, Carter, because mm -hmm. it's like, okay, uh, let's get back to the food allergy thing. That did not relate to my life. 
I don't understand why these folks were so upset about this film. It's a movie. It's silly. It's about rabbits that are animated and it's not real. You Mm -hmm. know, I don't understand. But I don't have a child that has a peanut allergy, as I share, that's failed. I do have a son, however, with autism. I do have a family history of mental illness. Have there been TV shows and things in the past that have presented less than favorable uh, outlooks on on families who deal with these kinds of things? Mm -hmm. Yes. Do I get frustrated about it? I have. Yeah. So what would I say if somebody looked at me and said, what's your problem? Get over that. Yeah, I, I do not want to be so overly sensitive that I do have a problem with every everything. So I want to work on myself in that instance. But if I come up in arms against somebody else who's feeling sensitive at the moment about their own struggle and feeling like nobody's really listened to them mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and they I don't feel heard. How am I being the mature person in the midst of this? How am I being the the figure of Jesus that sets the precedent, the example, that's what he did. Well, and and you think about, have you ever um, joked about, oh, let's just say an embarrassing thing happened to a family member or uh, a friend, and you joked about it with them and you joked about it in front of other people. You remember that time Kathy poured Hawaiian punch down her shirt accidentally and it, she was about to go in for that speech? Oh, man. Oh, man. And mm-hmm. and then one day Kathy finally goes, hey, I got to be honest with you. I, I'm not good with you telling that. Mm-hmm. I That hurts me. Well, can you? Pl-? And then you're like, oh, my gosh, I never yeah. realized, you know, that. In a way more important, powerful way, it can be such a a politically driven, if you will, uh, argument on Facebook about it's for some reason pitted African-Americans versus police when certainly situations have arisen that's done that. But but this is this is our brothers and sisters in Christ that have dark skin telling us this is how we feel. Will you hear me out? We can't do this anymore. Yeah. And this should be us going well, hopefully we've said, oh, I, I have realized how you felt. Now, when it comes to, like you said, Rochelle, people get up in arms and what do you do? Because it can be a defensive thing if somebody tells you, well, if you don't do this, then you must be racist or something like that. I, I think so much more social media can be good because we know about stuff, situations like Ahmaud Arbery mm-hmm. and we now we can pray for it and pray for his family. Yeah, I think absolutely. that's ultimately the biggest tragedy is, my gosh, there's a family going through without without a young man in their family. A precious young man. But yeah. I, I think even more so if you don't want to get caught up in some sort of a debate or yeah. some sort of a, a heavy defensive place. Talk to the people in your life. And, oh, yes. And I think we should definitely have a diverse set of people in our life with with work, with church, with whatever. Uh, talk to neighbors, you know, and hear them out on their perspective. And then you'll have a different perspective. You, you might think on one of these cases of years past, well, well, maybe you shouldn't have been doing this. Mm-hmm. Well, well, talk to your neighbor that might be, you know, a different race than you are and see about the things they've gone through. And then you might go, whoa, okay. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't realize that this is a real thing because I've only ever talked about it and seen it on Facebook. If it's true for us individually in each household dealing with the stuff that we have to deal with, whether it's physical, emotional, uh, how uh, it's absolutely true in terms of cultural. Absolutely. It is. You're you're so right. Can I, I, I'll tell you a quick story. The first time I was really like, oh my goodness. Um, I don't want to, I don't want to share it all because it's just, it's just horrendous. 
Um, it was a friend of mine mm -hmm. that was a different race than me. We took somehow racism came up and he goes, I remember the first time I, and, and it may, he may not have said the first time, but it, I remember when, when he was the first time it was a really big deal in his life. He was in a play at college and he was on the front, you know, the, uh, uh, playbill, you know, and they were using that cover of that playbill to promote it in the, uh, newspaper or on Facebook or whatever. Somebody commented on there, oh, we're going to let, you know, some sort of derogatory term right there on the front page of the mm -hmm. paper. And there he is, a real person, my real friend that said, I read that and I was, I was blown away of like, yeah. I can't believe these people are real. And that blew me away going, oh my gosh, I mean, this is a real person that I know that is truly has dealt with this. And then maybe you even try to kind of help explain it. Well, maybe they would just thought this was, maybe it couldn't have come from a real hurtful place. I mean, certainly nobody would do this on purpose. You know, that I don't, that's where I tend to go sometimes too. It's like, they couldn't have meant that. But then I realized sometimes, I know I'm, I'm ignorant in a lot of these areas and that was meant viciously. Or, yeah. Here's something else I've done in my past. I'll, uh, and obviously Carter and I are speaking from a position of being white. Yeah. You know, I, and it's we can't speak to any, I, now I, I'm married to somebody of a different race. Our children are, are quote, mixed, you know, so mm -hmm. they're going to deal with some, maybe some stuff in their lives. But I, I can only share from my perspective and I hate that there is a quote perspective on this because it should just be, we're, we're family. Yeah. That's, that's what God, he just wants us to be his kids, his family. We are a part of one body, right? But this is something we deal with. It is because uh, we all grow up in different ways. And if we, if we differ on our faith, and we have different denominations in, within the church, then, you know, obviously we're going to differ on a lot of different things. So a lot of dumb things, a lot of dumb things that just don't matter. But in, in this particular instance, I, I do remember watching those films that they dedicated to try to show the injustice. Like I loved Glory when I saw that movie. Mm -hmm. uh, Denzel Washington, Morgan Freeman. Um, it was incredible. And I remember walking away from that film just disgusted with white people. Mm. And that's not necessarily the right way to walk away from something either, because there were a lot of amazing people in that movie that stood up mm -hmm. for the African-American soldier during the Civil War. They may not have done it perfectly, that's for certain, but they were conditioned to believe a certain set of things. And they started finding out that those things were not accurate, you know. Mm. So I, I think we have to have a balance. Lord, how do you want me to look at this? What do you say? How can I be you in the midst of this situation? How can I be sensitive? I want to ask the right questions. I want to have conversations, but I do not want to wound anyone from my ignorance. Is there something that I can do? Is there something that I can say? And again, the knee-jerk response has never been usually the right one. Right. <laughs> so right. you immediately get on a soapbox. This is what's wrong. This is a... Wait, we're talking out of passion and anger and frustration. Please be passionate, but please weigh it. Well, especially, and like you say, that this is the awkward part of this podcast, right? It, Rochelle and I are white people. Um, yeah. Also, I always, I always go back to uh, Big Daddy Weave. You can find actually... I think this video definitely him performing at hopeondemand.com um, but he said something to me uh that so often when god was bringing something that i thought i should say to people and this wasn't he wasn't talking about racism he was just talking about when Anything. you should talk to somebody's life in, into yeah. somebody's life so often when i thought the lord was telling me to say something he was telling me to pray about it and not to open my big mouth mm -hmm. and so 
depending on you know what it is and and especially like you said the knee-jerk reaction um especially with my perspective I have learned I don't I don't need to rush into any sort of a discussion here I need to listen for crying out loud and I need to be praying for specifically this family and for our country to heal in so many ways right now but but this is one that rears its ugly head so often is there a a part of scripture that we can glean from I think the woman at the well is uh, the one that first and foremost comes out. Um, there were slaves mentioned all the way throughout scripture. That's just fascinating to me that this is nothing new under the sun, The this whole I'm better than you are type of thing that people go through. Just this class of s- casting system, you know, whatever. It's, it's just unfortunate. It's mm. certainly not the way God designed it. But uh, I think about the woman at the well and the Jewish people were divided they were literally physically divided. And there were the people in the North and the people in the South. There were people who were considered pure blood and there were people who were Samaritans. And these were the Hebrew people that had, um, well, brought about a whole generation of people and then followed more people uh, with those who were not Hebrew. You know, they were considered, you know, uh, they were Gentiles. You're, you're not supposed to be with these people. These were the enemy. And, so that's where the Samaritan people came about. And you hear the story about the Good Samaritan. You're like, why was everybody out to get this guy? Why wouldn't, why didn't anybody like him? Why was he despised? Why is it so impossible for people to believe that he would stop and help this dude who got beat up on the side of the road? I don't mm. understand it. Well, mm-hmm. Jesus was using this as an example. The least likely, in the mindset of the people that he was talking to, this would have been the least likely, the scum of the earth, coming to the aid of one of theirs. And the people who should have been coming to their aid weren't. Mm-hmm. So on top of the fact that this woman at the well was a Samaritan woman, she was a woman. Now, we're not going to go into the whole sexism thing, but in that culture, come on. You know, it, it, there was definitely a difference when you were talking to a man and you were a Jewish woman. That was never a thing that a, a woman should ever expect. Mm. Uh, in that kind of setting is certainly given their their cultural backgrounds as well. And here Jesus is talking to her and she's like, man, you must be thirsty if you're talking to me. (laughs) Mm. What's going on? Why do you, you're asking me to draw water from this well? And he is in this beautiful position of being able to share his father's heart. It is not bothering him at all. It is not a stretch for him to do this. This is not something that he has to breathe deeply and do. No, this is the way it was meant to be. You are my daughter. You know, that's kind of the feeling you get from this incredible story. In fact, you'd be asking me for water if you know who I was. Yeah. Because I want to give you everything you were meant to have because I see your potential in me. I know who you are. Let me tell you who you are. And this woman did not walk away feeling ugly about the conversation. You know, we've talked about this on the podcast before. She walked away empowered. And that's who I want to be in my life. I want to be the person of Christ who doesn't doesn't feel abashed to talk about things with people, but also doesn't feel weird about extending my heart to them and just trying to be Jesus in the moment and not trying anymore because he lives in me and I identify with him because I've been in his word this morning. And I know, you know, that's the kind of person I want to be. And yeah. Uh, and I, w- I just want to stress this, you know, if we have said anything in this podcast that sounds ignorant to you or misinformed because of your circumstances, because you have been wounded, I want you to know that our heart is right there with you. We love you. 
we're praying for for that wound to be healed. We are seeking the Lord. Lord, how can we be a solution? How can we help? What can we say? What can we do? How can we live to help this wound in our country? You know, so many of us in our hearts are like, we're over it. We want to move past it. But hey, the healing hasn't caught up to so many of our brothers and sisters uh, on, quote, both sides of this matter. You know what I mean? So just how can we be salt and light in the midst of this? How can we be words of peace and healing? So we're seeking God in that. And we're grateful that you gave us this moment today with the Anything But Quiet Time podcast to kind of seek it out with you. And also don't feel uh, lectured at all either. I, right. I think I think I have felt that way uh, from, from multiple people. Um, but ultimately it comes down to loving God and loving others uh, as mm-hmm. ourselves. And so that's that's just what I hang my hat on as well as, as maybe uh, just an encouragement to get outside of our bubble, because I look at Revelation 7, 9, you know, thinking about the vision of, of heaven and after this is all over. After this, I looked and behold, a great multitude that no one could number from every nation, from all tribes and peoples and languages standing before the throne and before the lamb clothed in white robes with palm branches in their hands. That's, I love it. that's the future. I love that Philip was sent by the Holy Spirit to meet up with uh, the gentleman from Ethiopia mm-hmm, mm-hmm. who was, I mean, he was one of the right-hand guys to the queen. Uh, and I, uh, from what I understand, a lot of theologians, they believe that a huge impact was made by this man's faith after speaking with Philip, after being baptized. <laughs> they stopped at a carriage. There was like a puddle. Baptize me now, Philip. And he did. He baptized him. And from that moment, I mean, the Lord clearly wanted everybody from every culture. And that's why he says, go and make disciples of the whole world. Yeah. It's, it's for everyone. And and we know that if God loves diversity, then we need to just jump in there and, and embrace it as well. And even if it gets uncomfortable because not everybody's got the same set of circumstances and we had weird ways that it connects in the past, you know, let's move ahead in in his future. Can we do something to end? There was a, a challenge going around about the two, uh, 223, 2.23 uh, challenge because uh, Ahmad uh, Arbery was jogging and he was uh, two miles, 2.23 miles into his jog mm. is I believe what it represented. So they were, mm-hmm. you know, people were running that that far in honor of, of him and his family. Yeah. Um, what I'm going to do, we're just going to, usually we play the little jingle out and have some fun and all that. Uh, this is still going to continue, and I would ask you to to listen and maybe pray during this time. Let's leave two minutes and 23 seconds of silence for the end of this podcast episode. So it's still going to play, uh, but there will be nothing on it. And during that time, maybe it's just, um, you know, thinking about him and and maybe it's it's praying for your own situation or for those that um, feel not heard right now. Uh, maybe it's praying for that family. But that's that's what we'd love to do is just leave two minutes and 23 seconds of silence uh, for you to to pray about whatever you'd like right now. 